welcome to episode 29 of Screen Tone Club. This is your fortnightly look at manga being recorded on the 21st of July 2019 for release on the 23rd of July 2019. My name is Elliot Page, feeling vaguely warm after getting all hot and sweaty in the kitchen baking scones. And joining me as always is my lovely co-host, Mr. Handy Hanley. How you doing, Andy? I am also quite hot, but I have not baked anything. It's just warm here. Yeah, it, it you know it, it helps um, baking things, but then you end up feeling a bit too hot and bothered to actually eat them. So <laughs> I feel like I'm somehow blaspheming by not wanting to eat delicious scone. Um, yeah, that, that that does seem that does seem somehow wrong. Yeah, goodness knows. We'll see if what my mind changes after doing some gabbing. So um, first of all, most thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, one, if you like the episode, you can go ahead and make maybe sling us a few dollars on patreon uh we have a patreon to help support the podcast you know pay for hosting fees etc etc um also those who support our patreon get to listen to bonus episodes every month and if you kick in a little bit like three dollars a month you get to help vote on what we cover on our bonus episodes and it has come to that time of the month where we draw out and see which episode has the most votes in our bucket and so this um has been a clear winner um this month one of the few times it is a clear winner and that is ranma half um the rumiko takahashi um gender changing martial arts comedy Man, that's such a good combination of words to say out loud. Um, a classic, frankly. Um, currently available in two-in-one physical-only editions from Viz. Um, we're both going to read the first two volumes, which comes in one physical book, and see how it fares. Rammer Half, at least in my memory, is something that is kind of the progenitor of an awful lot of stuff that has now become like distressingly common um, in manga, especially the romantic, you know, sort of romantic punch the guy into the moon comedy so yeah sorry yeah yeah i, I uh it's, it's been a fair few years since i i read it now but so uh, yeah i i remember kind of reading it when they they kind of started releasing it in those two in, two in one editions it was definitely one of those cases of, of kind of reading it be like oh yeah i can see like where a lot of stuff came from like lo- looking back mm, totally um of note this is one of those series that um we had basically one or two stalwarts voting for over and over again to make sure it got selected so persistence pays off when it comes to voting for us to read manga as it turns out um but yeah so we'll be reading that um in, and recording next week so look forward to that before the end of july if you are a subscriber and if not you can always join up on the note of subscribers um we have our shout outs tier which as always is populated by mr rob jessup still our one and only shout outs member thank you very much to rob um so moving on to the show proper um i have a returning champion if you don't mind andy um so I finally, after doing a lot of beating of self up, I caught up on Dead Dead Demons DD DD Destruction um, over the week, and yeah, I've I think I've mostly just caught up to episodes we've you've previously talked about on this show, Andy, episodes um, four and five, um, and devoured it whole. And I think, as you mentioned in the previous episode, is that it starts to make a turn, at least in terms of focus and urgency, in particular in these two volumes, especially volume five. Volume five kind of you know, it has baton in hand. You've been introduced to a lot of the dramatis personae. You've been introduced to a lot of different sort of areas and issues and flashpoints that exist in the world of the characters. And, you know, you 
are starting to get more of the quote-unquote invaders point of view and you get quite a lot of the time with them including you know bits from their point of view and you get to understand what they're saying and of course you can't understand what the humans are saying and you get a lot more of that and it's now tilted quite heavily into this x days until the end of humanity um angle which you know popped up in volume three with a massive text bump but has now started to become much more like the running order of things and of course like you know as you mentioned you've got kudode and ontan who are now going to university have they have you know different set of, of new friends to add to the group including the sort of out of towner girl who it goes into Tokyo with slightly mixed motivations and starts to really spin out of control and kind of just stare sideways at Ontan, um, as well as also starting to get some of her sort of point of view, which, you know, is, this is all stuff you've mentioned before, but it's all very striking material. And also it's the sort of thing when you're reading it, you're like, oh, good. I wanted to know more about this and I know more is coming, but what I'm seeing here is great fun. So the main sort of compliment I can say is the moment that I finished volume five, I opened up my um, Comixology app to try and down- buy volume six, and it's not available yet. And I was crushed, like actually kind of crushed. I was like, oh no, I wanted to read more of this. Sugar. Dang it. So you, you, you must have come in at just the wrong time because volume six is now available and I actually read it this morning. Oh, bugger. I'm still behind again. Do you <laughs> want to talk about volume six then? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so just briefly, like I, I will say actually the first half of volume six is Probably the first time I've been kind of disappointed with this series, like having talked about volume five, kind of, you know, taking uh, taking its foot off the, the accelerator and, and kind of, you know, taking some time to to dig into certain things. Like the problem the first half of volume six has is it's still not put its foot back down on the gas, but it, it's kind of felt like it has sort of run out of things to to dig into. So there's a lot of of spinning of wheels and, and not a lot going on for the first few chapters of the volume and it was kind of like oh man has it just has it just run out of, of things to do um, and then it picks up big time in the second half like it's it's suddenly not only is its foot on the gas it's like really gunning the engine because it's picked up some really kind of major things that seem to be careening us towards towards stuff really kind of going downhill so um so yeah like the second half of the volume is it's pretty good. Like it's it's kind of really upping the the stakes and upping the ante around kind of the the big picture and also around kind of one or two specific characters as well, where they're getting really dragged in over their heads in terms of kind of what's going on in the world. Um, so like I'm kind of back on board come the end of, of of that volume of like oh man, well now I need to see where this goes. Um, but the first half of the volume is is kind of not really a slog because I like the characters so much and I'm kind of okay with them just kind of goofing around and doing whatever they're doing with their lives but it was definitely a a feeling of like i feel like i'm not really gleaning anything new out of this i'm just kind of seeing things just continuing to play out as i would expect yeah especially i feel with that series where it has reached is that most of the like big picture stuff is occurring with secondary cast and those you don't check in that frequently like you have the like journalist the weapons development sort of office lady the people who are doing weird things in the infected areas and it's all these sort of secondary characters who are the ones who are doing the main sort of pushing forward of the overall state of the world. Um, and I kind of had my major full of them by the end of volume five. But I don't know, I'm, I could do with a bit more wheel spinning, um, given especially that you've now entered the like 
Ontan Kadode bowl of anxiety and weird sort of like jealousy slash confused friendship thingy. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know it come out already. I guess I've got something to buy as soon as this episode's over. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it came out at the, the start of last week, but, uh, but yeah, it, it just kind of feels a bit like kind of, you know, Asano had some sort of like, moment of anxiety like oh maybe people haven't got the whole like culture war angle that i'm i'm putting into this manga so maybe i need to do some more of that and it's like no i think i got that pretty pretty well like i don't think you need to to keep kind of bringing that up like i'm i'm good on that front yeah i feel like the amount of discrete times that the manga has kind of brought up the culture war angle and like just priorities angle of it I feel like at this point, it's maybe anxious that it wants you to get that, gets that across to you because, you know, it's come up at least three discrete times in these blocks of the series where it's like, Hey, this stuff's going on and there's these considerations to take into account. But, you know, they've already done it like twice. So it's a case of like, yeah, we know. I know this thing you wanted me to have know. Um, can we move on with it, please? So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the feeling I get at least of like, yes, I know you've, you've mentioned this angle twice. Like we'd need, I, please do something with it because I am glad to. I'd be interested to see what you do. Stop reintroducing it. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, and, and that that is definitely kind of a, an issue that Volume Six has. And again, like it has moments that kind of you know that, that spin off from that that are kind of you know interesting little extensions of of that that I, I don't think have really turned up in previous volumes. So like, there's still some interesting kind of things to to expand that angle but it just also feels like it's very overtly kind of it, it almost feels like a recap in a weird kind of way just like in case you missed this here's what's going on with these various kind of factions in this whole ongoing incident and it's like yeah you know i'm 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 well aware of all of these things now yeah there's like an entire part of volume five which is you know it touches on the themes of fetishization of and normal normalization of like weaponry you know we live in a world where drone strikes you know let's not go into that too much just because it's a manga podcast but you get that whole angle in volume five and i feel like it took it just a little bit too far where i was kind of going like yes i get it yes i get it you're trying to make a point about the normalcy of deadly weaponry like amongst us and how we can otherize its application and yes i get it like okay finally you got to the point of actually pulling the trigger not a joke or not a pun but they they pulled the trigger on actually showing you know the end result of it that you knew was going to happen from the start so i feel like maybe it misses me putting things in the author's mouth author's brain but it does feel like sometimes a lack of confidence in the point of, in the reader of like yes I, I i know this thing you want to drive at please do something with it <laughs> so yeah but yeah, yeah. For, for sure but uh, still enjoying it overall so you know i'm, I'm kind of uh, interested to see what uh, what is coming next now yeah i'm interested to see as well i wonder how long it'll end up, end up being because i don't know i feel like it's set enough like hard dead stop possibilities in the near future that it has to end at some point so yeah yeah i mean it feels like it could uh, i mean it's definitely you know you you could drag it on but it, it does feel like it should only run for like maybe another two three volumes and then kind of you know that that would be a good kind of shut off point to, to do whatever it's gonna do but uh but we shall see yeah the, tr- the traditional eight i suppose yeah. uh, okay but cool yeah that's um dead dead demons dd dd destruction um yeah i'm still greatly enjoying it despite little little complaints but yeah i'm gonna get volume six once this recording's ended cool so 
Moving on to the main part of the show, do you mind if I take my title first, Andy? Yeah, go for it. So this was something that I've been meaning to get to for a few weeks now, almost months actually. Um, it's been in my sort of like things to talk about on the podcast docket, um, but always kind of fell behind other um, titles um, like Evangelion and such. And this is um, a pick from new sort of bunk publisher on the block, J Novel Club, um, who as well as doing scads and scads of light novels, also um, release manga. And they've kind of got a whole pipeline going now. Uh, the main thing I will say up front that is my main gripe, just to get it out of my system, is the availability of finding the damn manga on J Novel Club is a nightmare. Um, because unless I'm using a very old version of the app and I think I'm up to date, you don't, the manga is not in their mobile app and you have to go onto their actual website to view it. And trying to find manga is quite difficult, um, because using their own ser- series search function defaults just to novels and not to both novels and a manga so you've got to change the drop down you've got to do the search you've got to open and then you've got to go to the chapter and then open the reader but once you're in the reader it's all gravy and you can what you can read it if you're a member of j novel club you get to read all of what's currently available which is around two volumes um and they're also releasing the volumes digitally at the moment so you can also buy it from ebook stores um i read it through the j novel club website because i have a lingering subscription from when we did j- light novel reviews so hey might as well get some worth out of it as a conflict of interest statement um i am personal friends with someone who actually works on the j novel club manga um but i'm not going to out them here because that'd be kind of rude um but yeah it's just a quick note that i do know someone who like works on this um but yeah a very fairy apartment is a four panel comedy series um about an unnamed uh main character boy who is a university student who is actually doing a university um, course in folklore and who gets to a rundown looking apartment that he's getting for pennies on the dollar because cheap rent hooray and finds it's basically already um occupied and runs into a pair of tiny little um creatures um with very expressive super deformed little faces um kobold and pixie who are basically already in his in his flat and don't really seem too fussed about leaving and if anything are kind of happy to have him there even if one of them kobold is extremely clumsy and bad at the whole making someone welcome thing and pixie's just a jerk um like an out and out prick um who keeps eating food and getting crumbs everywhere and insulting people and saying rude things and so um it's a bunch of four panel one-shot gags and more and more more and more fairies show up to make themselves known and kind of make themselves at home in the apartment and you know just pal around um you get jack frost who makes ice sculptures you get jack-o'-lantern who is like a little heat beastie who is a bit clumsy um you have um there's another elelium i think who is basically the size of a human but is has zero presence and so no one really notices they're there and so on so you get these little sort of short gags as it rambles through like a few like about you know only about eight pages a chapter um and i kind of like it it's a bit of a strange duck in that sometimes some of its its jokes are a bit more like blue or adult than it feels like it needs to be where there's like no later on in the volume there's like a full-on like almost rape joke and it's like whoa this is okay weird like why would you reference that as like a punchline um but it's quite fun like the pixie the the little fairies are you know precocious little idiots they only come up to about you know your shin or whatever and you know they kind of do what they do and they have a merry old time and they don't really care what you think which of course lends itself to comedy of you know hey why is this little creature 
dropping wood shavings next to my sink. Oh, well, whatever. Fine. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of has a bunch of little sort of like, you know, almost like knowledge fact um, gags, but also just like gooning around, you know, the characters being a bit sort of dopey and playing off each other um and kind of like just getting into that sort of element so it's you know it's a, it's you know very much the case of the one main character being the straight man to everyone else being a doofus so yeah it's nothing you know the art is simple it's quite it's quite clean and expressive with the characters um and has some funny express has some fa- funny um sound effects like fairy riffic which works pretty well as just a little comedy element but it's otherwise kind of um even on the one who picked this it's kind of um you know flat i don't know it's kind of normal you know it's it's a good comedy series you know it's a solid six out of ten like i'm not gonna force people to read it or demand everyone starts reading it but i think it's a good old romp to kind of just read while you're in a queue somewhere which is not supposed to be damning with faint praise but it's more a case of yes i perfectly enjoyed reading this i'm not gonna buy the, the actual ebook volumes but i'm happy i get this as part of my subscription if that makes sense but then i've been i've been kind of sat on wanting to review this for a while that now i've kind of just come a bit flat so i'm more interested to see what you think about it and honestly yeah i mean i think that the fact that i did buy the individual volume rather than having it as part of the subscription package is probably why i'm kind of a little less warm on it than that uh i mean i'm actually curious as to kind of what the what what the the history of this series is because my first feeling kind of reading through it is that it felt very much like a kind of a a web comic and i I don't mean that as a as a pejorative because hey there are some really good web comics but it it felt very much like a series that at least had its starting point as just like somebody goofing around and making a little comic to stick on the internet somewhere and somehow it kind of span out into being a manga. Uh, like it, you, it does... you nailed it. It's a web it's a web manga where it publishes like one page a day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that kind of makes sense because that's that's exactly the sort of thing it feels like. And I think if I was just like a- occasionally visiting a website and seeing it, I'd be like, ah, yeah, this is fine. Like this is this is good enough. Like it, I just feel like it doesn't hold up quite so much when you kind of slam it all together in into a proper book and that. Um, and it's I, I think kind of the perhaps the issue with it. I've been sort of trying to pick my brains as as to to what kind of left me feeling sort of a little bit cold about it. And I, I think partly it's just like, I, there wasn't that much of the humor that landed with me. Like there are a few decent gags that I quite liked, but I think the the other part of it is that it feels like there's no kind of, there's no kind of overarching story that really holds it together. Cause you, you look at something even like kind of Hidamari sketch, which is a very kind of basic, simple four panel manga in a sense, but it still has a sense of kind of like the passage of time. And there's still an end game of like, Oh, these characters, you know, they're going to an art school. They're going to graduate, you know, characters are going to leave. New characters are going to come in. There's kind of, there's an arc to that. And I think that kind of helps it to, you know, set milestones of things that it can do and, and kind of like keeps things progressing. Whereas this feels very much, it's, it's kind of like a sort of Garfield-esque or like a newspaper comic strip thing where like there's no real passage of time, like nobody ages, nothing's ever going to change. It's just these characters in these same surroundings forever. And again, I think that's the kind of thing that works fine as, as kind of like, you know, a, a more literal comic where, you know, you're just having a, a strip land every so often. But when you read it all in one kind of hit, it it just feels very kind of empty and almost sterile in a weird kind of way. Yeah, plus because it has to do the initial setup of, oh, why is this main character in this situation? It, 
it has like that one initial shot of momentum in terms of like a storyline like oh i'm a student of um folklore etc and isn't this handy and then that's kind of it and there is no from what i have read so far which is most of the two volumes available there's no real actual trajectory from that carrying on i mean there's still like funny events and stuff but it is very much a case of like islands in a giant limbo sea um so yeah i hadn't quite considered that actually that's i hadn't considered that sort of element of it myself which completely tallies honestly thinking about it of like oh yeah there's you know later on you i think later on in like volume two you get introduced to another member of um the main character's class who has a name and i've forgotten it but it's just there to make a large series of gags and there's no actual real development of any kind of you know anything there it's just oh we need another character for this gag and then we can keep her around and oh there we are so yeah there's not much real basis or meat behind that really as it were yeah yeah and it's kind of like the the same with the fairies themselves like you know they they have their bit they have their kind of characteristics that define them and then it's kind of a case of how many different things can we do with that which is it's kind of like weird how quickly this series just throws new characters in which again is is perhaps what part of what tipped me off as uh, to the kind of like was this a webcomic kind of thing because like it, it throws new characters in and a, a, it's an alarming rate early on. It kind of like, it was every chapter is like, oh, oh, is another one and another one. It's like, it, it feels like had this been kind of a manga from the get go, it would probably have been way slower just kind of injecting characters in. You know, you, you bring in a character, you give them a good few chapters and a whole bunch of strips to kind of, you know, effectively bleed them dry of their best material and then you'd bring somebody else in. Whereas this one, I mean, I, th- I think there's a part where even like there's a little, kind of uh aside from the author that's just a kind of like yeah this i got excited i just wanted to put all these fairies in i like this is just how it happened okay and you know it it very much felt like that of just like oh man think of all these characters i could i could introduce i'm just gonna do it like right now yeah i feel like it it kind of makes good of that in the end especially when it introduces jack frost and um jack-o'-lantern but even then as you say it's a case of things just keep happening um i haven't really thought about the structure of why there are so many characters suddenly and also some of the best character material takes a while to come to the fore as the series starts to think about um what to do with them either individually or in in congregation basically one of my favorite chapters is not in the first volume unfortunately but basically um at one point the main character runs into basically three other pixies who are who look the same and have the same awful attitude and they just start harassing him constantly for the rest of the day and it ends and it's really funny just because it's like oh man this one jerk has now become three jerks and it's not even the jerk you've come to know and love it's just three jerks and then it just, just sounds like just sounds like posting on the internet yeah but. and then the, it has the final <laughs> strip of it is really good where like the fine the actual pixie comes back from her toilet break and goes where's my friends gone what the hell and it's a really good just like um but it takes you know you need i feel like the structure the lack of structure from it being like almost a page a day type thing really kind of you need to tease that joke out a bit more I mean, hell, like, the easiest comparison I can make to another series from this is um, Interviews with Monster Girls, which um, I love dearly, and has the same sort of, like, weirdo creature of the volume type thing, but also takes a lot of time to stretch out the introductions to its characters and then massage them into the web of other idiots you've got hanging around. Um, yeah. And has a lot more of that actual structuring and, like, build-up, whereas, you know, I'm, you know, you don't have to be, you know, everything has to be serious 
and life affirming, etc., and have lessons for for youth. But it's more the fact that this series is very, even as a gag series, needs a bit more scaffolding to kind of prop it up a bit more. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of just comes back to to kind of what you said of like you know it's something to read in a queue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like it's one of those if you've got five minutes, you know, you can just burn through a, a few pages or a chapter or so of this, and that's probably like the optimal way to to get through it. Like if if you're if you're into kind of the the concept and the premise and think it might be it might be fun, I think that's kind of the way to the way to imbibe it is just you know a few pages at, at a time and and treat it very much like that kind of as if it was a webcomic of just like hey you're just going to read a news strip a, a week or, or something along those lines because i suspect it probably uh, it probably sits a little bit uh, a little bit better if you do that yeah i must admit the one impediment to that is the fact that like it, it, although it's available from j novel club and their reader works perfectly fine it's more a fact of getting to it on the website <laughs> so that is the one limit to that i hope I've, i have heard that it's supposed to be updating their actual mobile app to have a manga reader inside it um the the earlier the sooner for the better for that for me honestly is just that you know sitting down to actually like with intent to read this comic rather than having it open in a second tab meant it was like oh man this experience kind of sucks with just getting to the manga and reading it um, yeah yeah like i mean actually have, having not used j novel club in quite a while like i'm actually kind of shocked to hear that's still the case it's one of those things i, I hadn't even thought about it i just assumed that oh well they're doing manga so surely that'll be in their app but it's like really not yeah i think in this case it's more it's i think part of it is the fact that they've their kind of victim success perhaps where like the light novel side of it has worked and it's like ray um but now they've got a lot of work to do to keep their workload going i don't know i um, this is just me speculating i'll probably cut this out the episode (laughs) um but yeah that's i don't really have anything else to say it's you know as i say it's extremely good sort of finger food manga almost um yeah yeah i mean you know volume two is good introduces a cat which is very important and good trademark so you know manga is better with cats in i suppose um, yes, in, indeed. I, I will also my my final important point that I will make is Jack Frost is best fairy. <laughs> also, just very suffering, all told, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, I mean, that that is kind of the one like running gag that that worked for me of just like Jack Frost as suffering artist and just kind of like trying to trying to find art in everything, even when it's just garbage yeah it's like yeah okay i can i can get that yeah i like the chapter where they go to the market that made an impression of that's when that's when i went from like this is fine to i should maybe introduce this on the podcast sort of thing because it's a a good series of gags um about just wider fairy society and also playing to the jokes um you've already seen set up um yeah so yeah that's good fun um who knew fairies have comic in like your local sunday park Cool. Um, but yeah, that's a very fairy apartment. And so moving on to um, your title, Andy, which I, I'm going to leave you to pronounce this, frankly. So off you go. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have no idea whether this is the correct pronunciation, but it's the one I'm using. So, you know, corrections for the next show, I guess. Uh, so uh, yeah, my pick for, for this podcast is Kaiju Girl Caramelise, um, which uh, I, I mean, it's basically imagine a shoujo manga that also had kaiju, um, which is almost literally, again, this is one of those series that has a really great kind of afterward from the author of just like, hey, here's how this happened that basically boils down to like, yeah, my slot in the magazine was going to get cancelled. And so in a panic, I was like, what if there's a shoujo manga with kaiju? And my editor just said, yeah, that sounds great. Do that. And so I had to do that, um, which, uh, which entertained me somewhat. Uh, but anyway, the, this, the, um, series is the story of, uh, of a teenage girl called, uh, Kuloe Akaishi. 
who is known as Kuro to her mum and uh, Psycho to her classmates because, you know, they're, they're great at thinking up charming nicknames like that in high schools. Um, and uh, Kuro's problem is that she has a very strange and kind of a disease of unknown origins. And basically, whenever she her emotions run high in, in any kind of shape or form, whether it be it positive or negative, she breaks out not in hives or anything, but parts of her body start to turn into that of a monster. Like, perhaps it's her hand, perhaps it's some spines on her back. Um, and as you can imagine, that's that's rather a big deal when you're trying to interact with people um, and especially when you're trying to interact with people in any kind of uh, stressful situation, be it confessing your love to somebody or just like somebody, you know, getting your back up or whatever. Literally getting um, her back up with spines. Yeah, exactly. So uh, as you can probably guess, this is, I was going to say, this is like a, a thinly veiled kind of, you know, allegory for, for puberty and growing up, but it's not even thinly veiled. Like it's very much right out there. It's just like, yeah puberty sucks and you hate your body and all the things that are happening to it and oh look like in this case we've turned this into said girl effectively turning into a, a kaiju when when things go bad um and so things become all the more tricky for Kuroe when uh, she attracts the attention of uh, Alata Minami who is basically the, the class pretty boy like he, he's the guy that all the girls are kind of fawning over and like you know he's he's dashing and good looking and nice to everybody and you know they all think he's great. He's highly Instagrammable um, we're told in the first chapter. Yes which is very very 2019 and also very accurate um, and uh, as it happens he's kind of as it turns out he's kind of uncomfortable with, with that like you know he used to be pretty chubby he can't really like eat anything because you know his his weight just balloons um and so you know he's kind of doing his best to to be nice to everybody and kind of be what people want him to be but he's kind of like deep down unhappy with the whole thing and so he sort of he finds himself fascinated by Kuloe because she seems like she's being herself in her own kind of weird withdrawn way and like he he finds her charming in some kind of like indefinable way and so he kind of starts trying to to hang out with her and that really just causes her own problems to go through the roof quite literally because she starts turning into a full-blown kaiju just like busting through like gym rooms or you know turning into a massive uh, a massive Godzilla-esque kaiju at the riverside etc etc um which uh, causes all manner of, of hassle not just for herself but like basically for the entire city pretty much because you know when there's a giant monster rampaging around you know it's not uh, it's not usually good news yeah towards the end of the volume um, Kure Besser is like oh no I can't be a nuisance to the people of Tokyo any more than I already have and it's like oh my god this manga's stakes went weird <laughs> yeah yeah like I mean again it's just this this massive kind of like raising the stakes of kind of general sort of you know teenage stresses of just like oh man I don't want people to hate me but it's just in this case it's oh man I don't want an entire capital city to hate me um, which is is a, a whole other level uh, and then there's another character who gets introduced later on who's basically like a, a kaiju maniac who just like really wants to, to meet this uh, meet this kaiju and uh, it's, it's kind of somehow somewhat intuitive that Kuroe is in some way involved with it without realising exactly what's going on and so that adds a whole other dynamic to things where there's this weird kind of sort of friendship developing that is, you know, just just making life more awkward all around. And uh, I know, like, there's a real charm to this series. Like, I I enjoyed reading this in a really kind of charming way. Like, it it does a very good job of blending kind of the 
especially visually, like it blends the kind of your your classic kind of giant monster rampaging around stuff with your very traditional shoujo sparkles and you know glassy eyed cute girls, etc., etc. Like the the way it leaps between those two things and intertwines them. It's pretty satisfying. Like, I, I very much enjoyed his presentation as a whole. Like, it has a lot of very good faces, etc. Oh, as, tons. As, as a whole. Like, you know, it, it is very good at being expressive with its characters. And all of its characters are very kind of extrovert in their own weird way. Like, even Kurawai, although she's kind of like the, the quiet girl that doesn't want to talk at school, like, she, she has a very extroverted way of thinking about things that kind of comes across in the, the artwork. Like, she's, she's very impassioned about a lot of things. And so, I really enjoyed a lot of that. Like, I, I kind of like all the characters. They're all kind of like adorable idiots in their own ways. And I think a lot of that works really well to paper over what is actually a pretty generic story when you actually kind of get down to brass tacks on it. Like the whole like, oh, the, the class pretty boy like has, has a secret and you know, the, the kind of the outcast of the class is the girl that he's going to fall for. It's like, this is something you've probably read like a multitude of times before, thousands of times at this point, probably, but somehow it manages to, to kind of pull just enough of a veneer and, and kind of a, a polish over it that you kind of don't mind too much. And so I sort of came out of it thinking, yeah, I had a good time reading that. And then I kind of thought about it a bit more. It's like, but actually there wasn't really anything new here. It was just a decent presentation of kind of the, the, the typical cliched sort of shoujo romance stuff thus far. Yeah, I have to admit from a personal point of view, um, I'm perfectly cool with the cliche stuff, especially because like, I enjoyed what this series was doing and how it focused like on Kurae and her sort of emotion or her sort of state. And I really quite enjoyed it for being a good use of those sort of like cliche setup because it, it totally works as a case of like, Oh, you know, she's had this since she was a kid. You know, she scared the living bejesus out of the first boy she ever said hello to. Um, and that's like page one of like, Oh, love is, love is terrifying. And it's like, Oh, okay. Weird. Um, you know, it does a, it does a good, like, first three pages setting up its stall of, like, okay, here's the problem, boosh. And, you know, I feel like Kure herself is an interesting enough character who, you know, initially I thought, you know, I hope she just isn't this glum for the entire series because that's going to be hella boring and just really dull. But the fact that her herself, she's doing a lot of grappling um, with everything that's happening and, you know, wanting to reach out balls and not wanting to gross people out or scare them, you know, and of course, you know, the more rude people in the class, just kind of just taking that as part of the social withdrawal part element. Like it's good. Like the reason why it's a frequently used trope is because if done well, it's very good. And that's where I kind of come down on it is the fact that i i did enjoy it and like by the end of this first volume i'd warmed up to it quite a lot and was like looking for when volume two releases and unfortunately it's november um because volume two has only just come out in japan <laughs> so shit um but no i really enjoy it um the main thing i really liked about it especially as it went on is how expressive kure kure is like you mentioned like she has crazy expressive hair. She's as someone, you know, she constantly like has tons of good expressions and faces and bits where she's kind of like almost like monster kaijuing out, um, of her skin, like just in individual panels as she tries to keep the whole thing under control. Um, and it kind of works in that manner because she's very expressive with, you know, horns in her hair because she's got these two little cowlicks and also like just has long wavy hair and her uniform as well. Like, 
she wears it baggy on purpose to hide any like mixed you know any kind of mutation that might occur um so that way it kind of um helps although it does make me it does have the problem the protagonist problem of her uniform being entirely different to everyone else's um but yeah i really enjoyed it for that reason um because you know it's it's a simple romance but it's clear there is some depth to the characters this is the new character introduced towards the end is a bit exhausting once they get introduced you know the kaiju maniac girl who is also clearly very rich um and her parents did a crap job if they just left raising her to godzilla films um but yeah i I really really came out enjoying it especially when like you know you know the main male character minami was very case of like oh you're the only person who hasn't like weirdly tried to curry favor with me so of course i'm gonna find you interesting um also, it's like the one manga I've read in Space Year 2019 that uses heart-shaped pupils in a non-creepy fashion and, you know, does that well. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Also, the monster itself is extremely well drawn. The, you know, part when parts of Kurae transform, it looks really cool. Um, there's clearly a lot of thought put into, you know, how a monster would look. Um, it is kind of a funny thing when she first transforms. It's like, man, you've been waiting a long time to draw this because, man, you've put a lot of effort into this monster out, you know, this monster um design um but yeah i i it is it, it's also a weird heart wing thing going on which looks really hella stupid um but i can kind of get behind because it's charming so yeah i kind of i kind of came out really enjoying this series um some of the more detailed pages did a number of my e-reader i have my e-paper my, my e-ink reader and if there's a lot of dark detail it can kind of do a number on the screen so it's a case of like okay is, is it my tablet malfunctioning oh no it's fine i just need to press this button a few times so but yeah i i came out really really enjoying it honestly like it was kind of at the start i was not because you know in the first chapter takes its sweet time to get to the nub of it um but and also uh, initially kurai's mum is seemingly like the worst most deleterious parent available but then you get the like dun 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 what are the circumstances of her birth sort of thing also it has one of the best characters um well best named characters in manga um which is the mkure's family's dog which is called jumbo king um (laughs) who is a tiny little yappy thing um i forget the breed but it's one of those tiny little instagrammable yappy dogs um but who yes who is called jumbo king um which is great um really funny Yeah, yeah, like the, the series actually is, is pretty good at kind of like finding fun in, in lots of the little extraneous things. Like e- even the, the whole heart-shaped pupil thing is like that actually gets overtly called out by a character at one point. It's just like, oh, your eyes are weird. <laughs> and it's just like, and it, it kind of then plays it off as a just like, oh, you know, I'm just, I can just see something in your eyes that, that, you know, maybe other people haven't noticed. But it's just kind of hilarious that it just like directly calls, calls out the whole like heart, hearts for pupils thing. And, uh, yeah, there's, there are a lot, a lot of little touches that kind of just add to that feeling of just like ah oh, this is just it's just really kind of quite pleasant to to read in in various ways yeah but yeah i, I found myself really enjoying it as i say i went to look for volume two straight away because i'm like well you know this isn't like blasting my head off but i'm really enjoying it and i want to see what happens to these characters more especially given where they leave the end of the volume um but yeah it's not available yet for november shit 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully this is one that will kind of like bubble back up in my mind come November and I'll, I'll probably check out the second volume. Because, yeah, like if nothing else, I, I do want to see, you know, what goes on with, with Killer A and, you know, it's it feels like it has plenty that it can possibly work with. Like, you know, and, and if it manages to, to keep doing what it's doing and avoid some of the ickier shoujo tropes at the same time, then, you know, so much the better. Yeah, the one thing I will say is that one thing I one trick I think it's missing maybe like this is me backseat editorial editoring but I feel like Kurei almost needs like uh, you, you know you know you know you know in most manga you have like the sidekick character who knows the deal like I feel like Kurei almost needs like the childhood friend who actually knows what's going on with the kaiju thing to have someone to bounce off of rather than just being solo the whole time I yeah it, it, it feels it, like it, it, I feel it almost... like it just needs a few more characters to help beef out the series a little bit more yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it almost feels like in the first volume that they kind of tried to use her mum for that to a degree, but like that kind of doesn't work in the same way because of, of that entire yeah. relationship. Also because her mum knows too much and also is introduced as being yeah. utterly useless when you first see her. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to whether, you know, the whole reason they've introduced this kind of, you know, kaiju maniac character is, is going to be that she kind of pulls pulls up and takes on that role at some point or like whether there's something else going on there but yeah i mean it it does feel like it's going to kind of add to its cast at some point because yeah at the moment you know you've really just got there's kind of three characters circling around each other and really only two of them that are kind of you know directly you know kind of uh, in in any kind of real contact with each other and, and that does feel like slim picking so you can only imagine that more people are going to get drawn into this circle as uh as time goes by yeah but no it's it, it, i really enjoyed it so thanks for suggesting it andy um yeah no like I, it, it, this is very much one of those series like I, I saw people posting a few images on twitter and like that was pretty cool so hopefully like they haven't just posted all the good bits <laughs> and as it turns out no there are there's there's plenty more to, to get out of it than that. yeah also um very good descript- de- depiction of pancakes very important Yes, yeah. I mean, I, I legit was hankering for pancakes after that, so that's that's almost a black mark for me because like, want pancakes? Do not have pancakes available to me. So that's that was bad. yeah, very bad, naughty, bad manga. Come with, bring us, give us some pancakes. Cool. Yeah, for, bundled with volume two, free pancakes. Mm. Um, cool. So uh, moving on to what we're talking about next time. So um, first, so Andy sent me a message um, in the week saying, "Hey, is Manga Plus legit?" And I was like, "I think so. Is it still up?" Um, and yes, Manga Plus is in fact legit. It is the um, Shueisha um, sponsored digital manga sort of free reading platform. And then I immediately went and I think I stole what might have been Andy's suggestion ahead of time. Um, at least I thought so. Um, but I have selected that we will read um, around the first volume-ish worth. Um, there's no real volume at the moment. It's only like nine chapters or ten chapters available. Um, but I've picked up Spy Family. Um, it's one of these series where it's written Spy X Family, but I think the X is silent. I don't know anymore. Yeah, that's that's, that's usually the case. Uh, but yeah, the, the good news is that you didn't sell my pick. Um, but uh, yeah, my pick is also from Manga Plus, which is why I asked that question, and that is Blue Flag. Oh, okay, damn it. I, was, which, I actually uh, felt a little thrilled thinking, ooh, I've stolen Andy's suggestion. Yes. <laughs> no, no, sadly not. So yeah, this is another series like I've seen. I, I've seen a, little, a, a couple of kind of writings about it, and it, it sounds right up my street. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll read as much of that as we want because yay for our new chapter-based future. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Also, um, thing that I'm probably going to read so we can do returning champions on um, soon is volume two of um, Our Dreams at Dusk, which I believe volume two is coming out next week or at least soon. Oh, okay. So. 
so keep your eyes peeled on that. The cover image is already a doozy, frankly. Um, but yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people heaping praise on that manga. So I think we did a good one by picking it previously. <laughs> cool. cool. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening. This has been your episode of Screen Tone Club. You can find um, the rest of the episodes and our site on screentone.club. Um, you can also find linked to from that page a list of all the series we've covered. Um, now moved on to my new website, builder thing that i did um because i got bored um boredom is a bad thing to do when you're technically literate as it turns out um also you can find us on twitter at screen tone club and you can also email to us at show at screen tone dot club um you may be the first person to email us because even after, after i tried to go to people last time no one's emailed in boo um as for personal stuff my name's elliot page you can find me at elliot page on twitter posting cat pictures um and also i have nearly finished updating my digital manga search engine application uh, mangasur.ch um manga search with a dot before the end um that will hopefully barring disasters be updated properly and it will actually be that work you know work work again <laughs> woo um i had to learn javascript um and i'm bad at it um so andy how about you yeah you can find me posting all the best bits from the new series of sympho gear at hannah's 1979 man sympho gear i i still mean to catch up on that and seeing people post lots of pictures from it makes me really excited um also <laughs> i keep forgetting how much raspberry jam that show has oh yeah yeah there's uh the, they got through several uh several jars of jam in a, in a recent episode that's for Oof. sure so yeah oh it looks fun um <laughs> good fun so uh thank you very much for listening and good night bye everyone <laughs>